Good morning. Uh, just a reminder, during the Lenten season, we're offering midweek services on Wednesday at 2 and also 7 p.m. And uh, also, this coming Friday, we are having a potluck and bingo uh, night here at Zion that starts at 6.15 p.m. There's more information in the back of your bulletin if you're interested, and we also have a sign-up sheet in the narthex. The Old Testament reading for this, the second Sunday in Lent, is from the 17th chapter of Genesis. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your offspring after you, throughout their generations, for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the fifth chapter of Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 8th chapter. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, 
You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And he called to him the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's great the disciples understood this. So Jesus went on and told them exactly what it meant to be the Christ. To be the Christ meant that Jesus would be rejected by the elders and the chief priests. To be the Christ meant Jesus would be arrested. To be the Christ meant Jesus would be crucified and die. Peter did not like hearing this. Peter did not like that Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, would actually suffer. So Jesus took Peter and the other disciples and told them a little bit more. Jesus said that not only would he suffer, but if anyone would come after me, if anyone would truly be a follower of me, then they will also deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. That's not what any of them expected Jesus to say. Peter and the disciples thought Jesus should keep teaching and healing. They did not think Jesus should suffer. Jesus should not hurt. Jesus should not feel pain. Jesus should not bleed. Jesus should not be killed. But that is exactly what Jesus said he would do. And if they are going to follow him, then they will also carry crosses. They will suffer. And a part of them will actually die also. And if this is not their life in this world, then there will be no life for them in the world to come. That was hard for them to hear. It's hard for us to hear. Because the same thing holds true for us. In our country right now, many Christians believe God will bless their lives because they are Christians. 
But do those same Christians talk of having a cross for being a Christian? Not really. And yet that is what Jesus promised today to Christians, didn't he? Some Christians in America will say God will bless their bank account just for being a Christian. But if you ask them about carrying a cross for being a Christian, I bet they'll get a confused look on their faces because for them, that just doesn't make sense. They want prosperity for being a Christian. A cross doesn't make sense. And yet that is what Jesus promised today for everyone who follows him, didn't he? Jesus himself has called us today to follow him. And that means following him with a cross, his cross. And having our very selves put to death with him on his cross. Now that may sound a bit odd to us to think we would be crucified with Jesus. So I think I'd like to ask you a bit of a weird question, if you don't mind. And I hope you're not offended by it. My question is this. Have you ever wanted a part of yourself to die? And I really mean that. Have you ever wished a part of you could be killed off? Because as Christians... We wrestle with our sinful flesh so many ways. And for a lot of Christians, there is often a part of us we wish could be ripped away from us. Many Christians wish something in them could be taken away. For some Christians, we may have trouble with what we say about others. Our tongues can slander each other so quickly and so easily. And when we sin in this way, we can get so upset with ourselves, so frustrated because we did it again, even though we were trying to do better. Well, good for us, our tongues can be killed. Our slandering can be ripped out of us because every day we can pick up our cross, follow Jesus, And that tongue can be crucified with Jesus and put to death. And you, forgiven every day, can rise to live a new day, taming your tongue in the way that Christ desires. Have you ever wished a piece of you could be ripped out of you? Ever wished there was something you never had to wrestle with ever again? A lot of Christians wrestle with sexual sins. From the lusts we may feel in our hearts that are hidden and quiet. To the wandering eye we may have trouble controlling. Well good for us, that part of us can be ripped out of us. Sexual lusts can finally meet their match because they can be nailed on a cross and die with Jesus every single day. And that is where they can and should stay forever. And now, forgiven, men can learn to treat every woman as their mother and sister. And every woman can view each man as her father and brother 
with mutual respect for all. Have you ever wished a part of you could be killed, just taken away from you? For a lot of Christians, they can think of sins they did years ago that still bother them. Some Christians can think of sins done to them years ago that still bother them. What do we do with those sins? How can they be taken off of us so they don't bother us? There is a way. Those past sins can be crucified. And I mean that. I really mean that. Those sins really can die with Jesus because that's where they really belong. Any sin that we have done, any sin done to us, any sin has only one place where it belongs, and it's not with you. That sin does not belong in your heart where it constantly stabs you, but it belongs on the cross. And that sin does not belong in your mind where it rattles around bothering you. That sin belongs with Jesus so he can kill it in his death. And that sin does not belong on your shoulders where it bends you over and you feel the weight of it every single day. No, that sin, all sin was taken off of your back. And it was placed on the back of Christ. Where he nailed it to his cross and he put all sin to death in his own death on the cross. You see, Jesus is right. We really do need to be crucified. And we really do need to follow Jesus with our own crosses because we really need a part of us to be killed. We do. When Jesus said we are to take up our cross and follow him, he was right. But there is actually only one cross. There's only Jesus' cross. And you happen to share it. When you were baptized, you were given the cross of Jesus. And now in your baptism, you were crucified. Your sinful nature was declared to be put to death, crucified. Not on your cross, but on the cross of Jesus Christ himself. So that now in our lives every day, the cross we are carrying is not our own. The cross we carry is the cross Jesus was crucified on. And we as Christians have a part of us crucified right alongside of him. As Christians, we are being called to follow Christ. And to have our sinful nature put to death on that cross of Christ. I know that's not always easy. It's rarely pleasant. And sometimes that might even mean a part of us we might actually like actually needs to be crucified and die. But always remember, even though the crucifixion of Jesus ends in death, the true finish line is a resurrection on the third day. And the same goes for all of us who follow Jesus in this life. It's just like Jesus said today. Whoever loses his life for my sake 
who allows the sinful nature to be put to death as they follow me and find a new life in me, that person will gain not only life in this world, but life everlasting. It actually is such good news for all of us that we do not have to follow our sinful nature ever again. You really don't. So when you are tempted, tell those things, remind them that they are dead. They died with Christ a very long time ago. And you, you are now a different person. You are a new person every day who comes out of that tomb on Easter morning right alongside Jesus Christ as you live a life of faith in him right now. You are living a new life with Christ right now. Whenever you allow his word to reshape your minds and as you allow Jesus to comfort you with the Lord's Supper and one day when you rise from the grave, you will live with Christ forever because in the end, that is the ultimate goal of picking up our crosses and following Christ. Having life in him right now and having a life with him forever. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.